What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, co-editor-in-chief of Variety. Today my guest is Dan McDermott, president of entertainment for AMC and AMC Studios. Dan is an industry veteran. He was part of the early days of the Fox Network and the early days of DreamWorks as an executive. He also spent many years as a producer before joining AMC Networks in 2020. All of that experience gives him great perspective on how the business of content development is changing. Ask anyone who's ever tried, it's really hard to make a good pilot. But now the art of TV seems to be in franchise management. AMC is at the outset of a huge swing in building a metaverse of content around the works of beloved Southern Gothic novelist Anne Rice. The effort will start in the fall with the series rendition of one of her best-known novels, Interview with a Vampire. McDermott here offers a case study on how programming executives are trying to think two steps and three series ahead these days, even at the pitch stage. He details the considerations that come up as his team works out a plan for shows stocked with characters worthy of spin-offs. He also contrasts the building phase on Anne Rice with the work they're doing now on The Walking Dead, which has been a pillar of AMC's schedule since 2010, but is coming to an end later this year. On the other end of the spectrum, AMC is also putting energy into crafting lower-budget shows for niche streaming services like Acorn TV, Sundance Now, and Shudder. It's an interesting look at how a boutique player with big brands is navigating a world of change. That's all coming up after the break. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. 
So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. And we're back with Dan McDermott, president of AMC and AMC Studios. Dan McDermott, president of AMC Entertainment and AMC Studios. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. It's good to see you. Yeah, I appreciate the chance to sit down and talk with you because, Dan, I know you are a, just a dyed-in-the-world creative executive. You have been doing this as an executive, as a programmer, as a producer for a long time. And I really wanted to get your perspective on how the business of development, the, the challenges of development are changing in this ever in our ever-changing media landscape, but in a world where people are truly thinking about franchises and metaverses and people are thinking about building, you know, multiple series, multiple extensions of all all of the content that you invest in. You know, right now AMC, a big priority for you is building up a a universe of of properties tied to Anne Rice, the, the books of Anne Rice, the the famed author. AMC did a big deal with the Rice estate and has wide broad rights to a lot of her books. So you do the deal, you have the IP, you kind of have your sandbox. Where, where do you start next when you know you want to not just one great show, but many great shows? Yeah, yeah. How do you start? That's a great question. Okay. So uh, let me just start from the big picture. Okay. Sure. So we acquired 18 books in the Vampire Chronicles canon. Um, they've sold 150 million copies worldwide. And I mentioned that just because it's great context for the reality that there's a there's a dedicated and passionate fan base that's very familiar with the IP. 
right? And that has a history with it and a relationship with it. Right. And, and very, you know, Anne Rice, just her name evokes so yeah. much, you know, so very brand, very well branded. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and these are folks that, you know, they care about the characters, they care about the stories, they care about the world. So first and foremost, we had to familiarize ourselves with all of it. I mean, we had big picture, big picture understanding, but you know, there's, there's dozens of characters that span, you know, the story span 2000 years. Um, uh, and, uh, they touch every continent from, you know, from ancient Rome to contemporary Paris and, you know, the United States and New Orleans, obviously in, in mm -hmm. New York, et cetera. So we first just sort of familiar, we spent probably six months, six to eight months to, you know, to familiarize ourselves with the content, really understand it. Um, we did then, you read all 18 books? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that much time, but we have, yeah, we had people, we obviously have, we have teams of folks here mm -hmm. that are dedicated to reading all the books and, and curating, you know, and, and really encapsulating all the, the content so that mm -hmm. it's digestible enough so that I can look at it and say, okay, here's, you know, here's what we need to do. Um, and, uh, the first thing we did was, you know, I turned to Mark Johnson, who's a producer that we have a long-term relationship with, and said, "Little show called Breaking Bad." Breaking Bad, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Better Call Saul. He did, you know, other shows for us, and he's been producing movies for years. And he also was very involved in um, for Disney the uh, C.S. Lewis books, The Chronicles of Narnia. Oh you know, yeah, he did all those Definitely, movies. Definitely, so, yeah. You know, I turned to him and I asked him to come in and come on board as the, the sort of chief creative steward of all this. Uh, from a producer, from a producerial perspective, to work with us on it, um, which he fortunately for us agreed to do. Um, the second thing we we did was we looked at all the IP, you know, and said, uh, okay, we need to create three or four pillars, right? And pillars being each three or four series that mm -hmm. will be the pillars of this universe. The foundations um, of the house, that, exactly. or the universe. That you know, you and and we chose Interview with a Vampire because for the very obvious reasons, no surprise to everybody, it's the most famous of uh, her books, probably. There was a great very movie, well known, you know, yeah. a well-known movie by, you know, that Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt were in um, that uh, everybody knows. So that's probably one of her most, if not the most recognizable titles. Um, it also has uh, had two primary characters in Lestat and Louis de Pontelac, um, who are sort of really well-known characters in the Anne Rice universe. And that's the other sort of thing that's really important when, from my perspective, when you're building out a universe is you have to have the, you know, the really recognizable IP and then two characters who can really break through and break out. Um, and then the second, right. the second book uh, um, that we um, are in production on right now uh, is in the Mayfair Witches uh, franchise, right? So I think she had three books it's a gothic historical, you know, fantasy romance story featuring um, the Mayfair witches, which is a line of, uh, of witches uh, divinely, uh, in, in, I guess, controlled, inspired by mm -hmm. Lasher, you mm -hmm. know, who's a demon mm -hmm. character, wants to come into human form, right? Um, we have Alexandra Daddario playing the lead in that, uh, that, that first, uh, the, the series, um, uh, playing uh, Rowan Mayfair. Mm -hmm. Known um, for her breakout in White Lotus. And, yeah. Exactly, you know, so another great character mm -hmm. uh, starring a great actress that's really breaking out and having a moment right now. And then we have a couple other series and developments too soon to talk about mm -hmm. that will be the sort of sec third and fourth pillar in the, the sort of franchise that will get this universe up and on its feet. And if you consider that each of these shows will 
in a in a best case scenario or, or a positive case scenario, maybe not the best, but we'll run four to six seasons, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we can get a couple of them. So I, I envision us getting five to seven series over the next five or six years up on their feet, each one running four to six seasons with primary main characters, right? You mm -hmm. know, lead, significant lead characters featuring significant stars that will get our universe up and on its feet for the next five to 10 years, let's say. Let's say, mm -hmm. let's call it a decade, mm -hmm. right? And so that's phase one, mm -hmm. right? And each of those will be standalone stories. Can I ask you, are you yeah. thinking like one series a year? What's the what's the cadence of launch? Uh, well, the first two are gonna be, you know, uh, I think Interview with the Vampire was gonna be coming out this fall, Mayfair Witch is pretty soon after that. So that's, that's, le that's quicker than just a mm -hmm. year, but then the third series will probably be a year to, 15, 16 months beyond that in the third and fourth series. So, mm -hmm. you know, not quite a one a year, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, probably averaging out to that, I'd mm -hmm. say. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so once we do that, then the second thing that's really important for us to do is you have to develop uh, supporting characters underneath those significant leads right. that can, and this is a process of discovery. Some of these are in the books. Some of these might be new characters. Some of these might be characters that, you know, have a small role in the books, but create a you know an oversized impact in a series but that can ultimately after two or three seasons or four seasons spin off and, be, and become the lead of their own series right mm -hmm. and uh and then then you really start having fun because then you <laughs> then you can start pulling characters from different shows i do envision us five or six years down the road having an all-star you know series <laughs> if you will an avengers style series uh -huh. where you know, we might have Lestat and Rowan Mayfair and a lead of another series ultimately cross paths in a storyline that, you know, that can that can play out over two or three years, you know, seasons, things like that. Um, so that's the beginning of it, you know. Uh, I mean, is that a broad enough uh, yeah, answer? Yeah, yeah, specific no, okay. Let me ask you, are, when we say series, are we thinking like all traditional scripted TV series? Are there other... Mm -hmm platforms that you might see this playing out on? Well, we're, we certainly uh, have plans for supporting content in and around each of these series, whether it's digital series or podcasts or, you know, other iterations and things like that that we can, that we can take advantage of. A um, little too early to talk specifically about them, but I think in, in today's world, in today's entertainment landscape, mm -hmm. uh, a series is just a primary, you know, uh, spear on a, you know, on a, on a larger apparatus that should be, uh, that can support that content across everything in the, the entertainment ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, your first thing, you got, a, you got a very classy project manager in Mark Johnson, who also, for listeners, brought us, helped bring us Rectify, which is also a, right, yeah. a, a gift to <laughs> fans of good television. Um, so clearly, great project manager. Is it hard with with the planning for multiple series and multiple characters? Of course, television is known as a writer's medium. That that you know that's something that comes from a writer. Is it challenging to work in that way where you know you're going to have to work with multiple writers and multiple takes on this world? Is it challenging to make sure that you know that that what is developed is adaptable? enough so that multiple multiple visions multiple writers can come in would that probably be kind of mark's job uh yes that would be mm -hmm. i mean that you know it's something that mark is definitely um responsible for keeping track of all the you know the specific characters and through lines um i will say that 
you know, tonally, we can we can afford to be a little bit varied. You know, it, we, not only can we afford to be, we should be. You know, there should be, we shouldn't feel like every series has to be exactly, you know, the same. So you, we want different expressions and different different creative people mm-hmm. coming in with their own takes on, you know, on, on the various stories and characters. Mm-hmm. Do you have a fair amount of leeway with the estate? Of course, some authors can be very, very restrictive about what you can do, but it sounds like you have, you have some yeah, this leeway is, there. These, these are definitely our adaptations of the books, you know, and, uh, you know, into, you know, none of, not, none of these are going to be sort of to the letter, you know, adaptations of the books. We're, we're definitely bringing them into different time periods and creating different expressions. Uh, it's very important to us to honor the spirit of all the, the, the characters and the stories and Anne Rice and everything that she's created. Um, but, uh, but we're definitely taking license where we feel like it dramatically is, is important to do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And again, for you, is this a, is this a challenge for you as a development exec to work in this way? When we're developing just one particular series that might be a piece of original, you know, an original idea of a writer, um, you know, you're thinking fairly linear, linearly about just we need to make sure that this show is is great, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and really putting all of our time and energy into ensuring that that particular pilot or the, those, you know, X number of episodes are terrific. The, the opportunity here and what's really cool about what we have with all these books is we know we're building a universe. Mm-hmm. And so we're, um, we're thinking across four or six or seven right. shows and 20 or 30 characters and five or six or seven years down the line. You know, we're trying not to get, we, we have a, a saying here, we don't want to get out over our skis. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, keep our eye on the ball and focus on the, the task at hand. But we're, we're designing something that requires us to be thinking you know, deeper and longer and further, further on the horizon than, than in other scenarios. Anne Rice is a huge initiative and, a, and it, you kind of started from a blank slate. You have been with AMC now going on about two and a half years. So you have come in now and you are also the manager, the, you know, the ultimate overseer of another hugely important now long established franchise for the company. The Walking Dead. Can you talk about what it's like now to be coming into something that is well established, but is also at a transitional point in its life, and, and something that has been, un, you know, undeniably transformative for yeah. AMC Networks? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, The Walking Dead is the is the most successful series in the history of cable television, you know, and for a period of time was uh, the most uh, successful series on all of television. Uh, so, um, it's, it's a thrill to be a part of, uh, just helping shape the, the sort of final season of that show. Um, and, and really, uh, ensure that we land the plane with, in, in the best possible way and really deliver, uh, an ending to the mothership show, which we, the walking dead that will engage and enthrall the fans and really, um, be a great payoff for the years of investment and passion and enthusiasm. While at the same time, uh, working to extend and and uh, build out from The Walking Dead into the universe, right? Um, with new expressions uh, of, of uh, series in the universe. So we have a, a show with Norman Reedus featuring the Daryl Dixon character that's gonna take place mm-hmm. in Europe 
that we're finalizing uh, all the creative on right now. We've got a show with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohan that's going to take place on the island of Manhattan, mm -hmm. uh, which was left to the Walkers 12 years ago when uh, they they overran Manhattan and the, the government decided to blow all the bridges and, and tunnels and just leave the island to the Walkers. And and it's now 12 years later, there's a million Walker herd that's sort of dominating the streets of Manhattan. And uh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Lauren, you know, Ma Maggie and Negan have to journey onto the island where uh, the, the, the small civilian population that lives in Manhattan um, lives above the 10th floor of all the buildings and they zip line back and forth, uh, you know, above the streets and they have hydroponic farms, et cetera. And, and um, so, and I, I say all that because it's it's illustrative of one of the tenets that we uh, mm -hmm. hold dear when we create shows out of a, an existing franchise like The Walking Dead, which is um, we want to uh, maintain the integrity of the universe, right, and um, and uh, ensure that we don't do anything that invalidates all the history and the lore of the mm -hmm. universe, mm -hmm. uh, while at the same time. Um, iterating and evolving mm -hmm. and delivering something new for the fan base so that, um, you know, for us, when we look at The Walking Dead, we don't look at it as a horror show. We look at it as a show about humanity, right? Mm -hmm. About It's about, ultimately at its core, it's about how do these characters maintain their humanity in the wake of a pandemic and, you know, a zombie apocalypse. Uh, when chaos and insanity is ruling the day, just like today. Yeah, I was you know? just gonna. I was just gonna. Like, there's so many bad jokes to be made here, but I'm not gonna. But it's, yeah, yeah. But you know, but that is we look. You know, the show is really a, It's a. It's a human drama mm -hmm. about you know, connection and and maintaining connection and when life just is like the fragile. origins of vampire fiction itself exactly. was that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so um, the, the one of the significant differences with The Walking Dead and and um. And the Anne Rice universe is we have just the original graphic novel that were that is our source material mm -hmm. here. So all the other iterations that we've done in the Walking Dead universe, whether it's Fear the Walking Dead or right. the Walking Dead World Beyond or these two other shows, um, are original uh, pieces, right? Right, material mm -hmm. that goes off of the but is not rooted in original books or exactly, a, yeah. yeah. So and you know, so we really need to make sure we also have, by the way, Tales of the Walking Dead, um, which is standalone anthology stories set in the Walking Dead universe, which is a much more um, uh, adventurous uh, and experimental um, uh, venture where we tell stories that are all different kinds. You know, we're, we're telling stories that have sort of uh, science fiction elements mm -hmm. to them or horror elements and things like that set in the, you know, it's a little bit of like Black Mirror set in the Walking Dead universe. In an anthology format, you could do so much, like you just see, you could do so much that would just just enliven the fans. You can imagine just taking like slices of beloved characters or moments so I could see. That's what we hope, you know, yeah. I mean, and we hope that it's going to be really exciting for folks who love the, who love the, the shows to think like, oh my gosh, they, they're telling a, a story that's mm -hmm. uh, totally unique and different that you, know, you could never tell in, in one of the other, one of the other shows. Mm -hmm. Don't draw the curtain. We'll be right back with more from Dan McDermott of AMC Networks.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And we're back with more from AMC's Dan McDermott. As we talk franchises, I mean, really, Breaking Bad has become, you know, AMC has very creatively managed that property. I got to give credit to Peter and Vince. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, I had a I talked to them the other day because the as we know the final six episodes launched this Monday, July 11th, um, and it's it's a bittersweet time. It's an exciting time and a bittersweet time because um, it, they're so good and it's it it really is such a it, you know and 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 yet we're so sad to see the show go. But but when I was talking to them, I was asking them about did you did you have any idea when you created the Saul Goodman character in Breaking Bad that there was even that? and they said absolutely not and. What's what's great about them is they their process is so unique, and and um, and they allow for a process of discovery. You know, like they mm-hmm. like they, mm-hmm. dis- they 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 could never have planned for Saul Goodman to to have his own show, but when Breaking Bad ended, and they thought, you know, it was so great working with Bob, and the way they explained it, it was like they thought this character is so interesting. I wonder if we went back and really explored how he started as Jimmy McGill. And became Saul Goodman, and ultimately found his way to Walter White. You know, and that that was just it was just that little kernel that started for them. And uh, thank God it did. You know, in your role here, you oversee a lot of you oversee a number of other channels, and you also oversee a number of growing niche streaming services. 
what is it like for you juggling everything from as the expansive world of gr- building an Anne Rice universe to programming for streamers that target, you know, Shudder targets a horror audience. Sundance Now is a very kind of artsy, esoteric, some genre. What, what is that like to balance all of those, um, you know, kind of all those mouths that you need to feed? It's it's thrilling. <laughs> and and it's really instructive and insightful. And mm-hmm. I'll, 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 I'll elaborate because on the one hand, yes, Interview with the Vampire in the Anne Rice universe is, is probably the biggest venture We've ever embarked upon at the uh, you know from from the from the ground up mm-hmm. uh, at at uh, at AMC Networks and yet working on shows for Shutter, uh, which has such a passionate fan base and doesn't have nearly the budget of uh, just about anything. I mean, you know, one of the one of the value propositions of those 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 target SVOD services is you know, we we produce content for them that anywhere between I think the average hour of content is five or six hundred thousand dollars you know uh cost of five and and yet the fan base is equally as enthusiastic and rabid and it, and it's it's instructive and enlightening because it's a reminder that that quality content and great storytelling doesn't come with a price tag attached mm-hmm. necessarily of course there's big shows that all all platforms and networks do that that might cost you know a lot of money but that's no guarantee of success. It's no guarantee of engagement, um, and a small budget is no guarantee of uh, of uh, you know um, a lack of engagement and enthusiasm on the part of your fan base. And the what's interesting about Shutter and and I'll I'll talk about Acorn also, which mm-hmm. is a which is a wildly successful platform. Focuses on British drama, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. British drama, and with some Australia, New Zealand as well. But um, uh, these platforms are. They don't go broad, but they go incredibly deep, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of engagement. People yeah, spend hours with you. Exactly. And if you like one show or movie on Shutter, you're going to like another one. You're going to like the, you know, you're going to like Creepshow. You're going to like Joe Bob Briggs. You're going to like, you know, the movies that we're commissioning and or acquiring. Same thing with, with Acorn TV. If you like Dog Leash, you're going to like My Life is Murder. You're going to like the Chelsea Detectives. You're going to like, you know, um, a, a lot of the content we have on the platform because, um, it really super serves those audiences that have a demonstrated enthusiasm for the content that they program. Mm-hmm. You must love being able to, on the, on your streamers, you must love being able to see in real time what people are watching, how long they watch, when they come to it. Is that That's also got to be very eye-opening it's, it's, compared to where you started. Yeah, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, it's so eye-opening. I mean, the the amount of data you get in nearly real time is so much more valuable than a Nielsen rating, you know, with a, you know, from 4,000 houses in which they have, uh, you know, set top boxes. Um, and it's really instructive. And and to be able to see what people watch first uh, on your platform, what they watch to completion, uh, and then what they watch after that is is really instructive. You, know, you can, you'll learn far more just following people's viewing patterns and viewing behavior than you will by putting them in a room, showing them, a couple episodes of television and giving them a free sandwich and 20 right. bucks and saying, what do you think? <laughs> Dial test. <right? laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. It's- yeah. You know, we, we talk a lot about what are what is our value proposition in the marketplace? How do we, mm-hmm. this this small company comparatively, compete? Compared to the land of giants of yeah. the Warner Brothers Discoveries and Disney's and sure. even Paramount Globals. How and- do we create a profile for ourselves 
that, uh, you know, is, is bigger and more meaningful, you know, uh, or as big as meaningful as we can be uh, in, in this land of giants. And we, we always say, look, we're not, competi- we're not competing with any of those other streamers. Uh, or complementary with them. It's not Netflix or AMC Plus. Mm-hmm. It's Netflix and AMC Plus. And ha- why is that? It's because our value proposition is we aspire to be the best platform in the world at delivering premium marquee content for adults. Um, that's the only lane we swim in. You know, we don't do YA, we don't do kids, we don't do animation, uh, sports, news, all that sort of stuff. We just want to do premium. You know, we just want to live in the world of premium marquee content for adults. And if we can be great at that, you know, it's a it's the analogy of we're not a big box store. We're we're your favorite boutique. Whether it's it can, it can be Gucci, it can be Nike, it can be Lululemon, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we, you know those 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 stores, those those places that they don't do everything, but what they do do, they do exceptionally well. And that's how that's how we view ourselves. And uh, and if we continue to do that, we'll continue to, as you say, punch outside you know outside our weight class. And occupy a space in the cultural landscape that's uh, that's genuinely meaningful and significant, and stand for something. You know, I mean, that's what, that's how we look at how we how we source content, how we develop it, how we produce it. Mm-hmm. Do you find? I mean, there's so much competition. There is so much. It's an arms race of costs. COVID has added a. You know, there's the 15 to 20 percent COVID tax just in what it costs you in in um, masks and everything. How? I mean, do you see? Any any moderating of that? We're we're hearing a little bit about people pulling back a little. Or do you see that? Is that that's been spiraling for about a year? Do you see any any slowdown of that? I, I think people are talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're reading articles about it, and and you know, so it's definitely on on folks' minds. Um, uh, you know, I I believe that part of the problem for some of the bigger bigger streaming organizations is that. They don't really stand for anything other than we have a ton of stuff, you know, <laughs> right. and and that, you know, when you talk about value propositions in the marketplace, that is valuable. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, for a lot of folks who maybe have multiple generations and, you know, in their household and they want to be able to, you know, um, but uh, you can't beat standing for quality, you know, which is what which is the pillar that is the most important one for us, you know, and we also talk about. Uh, you know, our, as I said, our mission statement, you know, which is very important to us and, and, you know, is that we aspire to be recognized as the best platform in the world for the, for premium marquee content for adults. We have a real operational philosophy, which is that there are three primary components to a great AMC show. One is uh, iconic breakout characters that are sort of lightning in a bottle, you know, that become part of the, that break out and become a part of the cultural conversation or, um, you know, Don Draper, mm-hmm. uh, Rick Grimes, Walter White, Villanelle, mm-hmm. Eve. I mean, these are characters that you just mentioned their name and you know exactly right. what show they're a part of. You could put them on a billboard without anything else and everybody say, oh, that's Madman, that's Killing Eve. That's, you know, um, the second component is that they usher the audience into unique worlds or subcultures that we either haven't seen before or haven't seen featured in this particular way. You know, in 1960s, Madison Avenue mm-hmm. ad firm at the dawn of the feminist movement, the civil rights movement, and the the beginning of the end of the unchecked dominant or the unchecked dominance of the white male patriarchy. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Mm-hmm. And and really, and and by putting that show on the air in 2008 or nine, we were able to take a very clear look back at a moment in time, and you evaluate like how how far have we or have we not come today? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it did the what period is supposed to do, which is put a lens on today. By looking at yeah, 
Yeah, right. And um, and then the third component uh, that's really important to us is our, we want our shows to entertain and engage, of course. But as importantly, we want them to say something about the world we live in. Mm -hmm. We want them to uh, shine a light on our collective humanity, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, and, and we don't think that's pretentious. We think that's actually a, t a grounding, uh, elevating touchstone that really makes these shows relevant. You know, what, even, you know, whether it's Killing Eve or, as I said, you know, uh, earlier about The Walking Dead or Breaking Bad or, or Mad Men, you know, and, and you'll see that in Interview with a Vampire, in Mayfair Witches, in Moonhaven, which, you know, just launched mm -hmm. yesterday, or Dark Winds. Dark Winds, I know, is a big priority for you. Yeah. That's a know. world that is, you know, we have not, definitely not seen as much of. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and it's why, I know, it, it, it's why we talked a lot about making sure it's authentic. You know, it doesn't work if it's not authentic. You know, I mean, if, if it's a, a, you know, a, a sort of watered-down version of what we think a Navajo reservation right. is like. Written know? from Manhattan. Right? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Dan, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you letting me kind of uh, 20 questions with a really veteran, veteran uh, development person. Let me let me close by asking you this one. What would you say from all it, from the experiences in your career? What would you say is the best experience that you've had in the past that set you up for where you are now? What 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 allowed you to kind of get to the place you are now? Uh, I'll give you two. OK, so. Uh, my it was my second job in the business, but it was my first sort of like right in the middle of the series television business. In 1990, I started working at the Fox Network when we were on the air two nights a week. And it was 25 executives at the company, maybe. And I got to, I was, a, it was my, I was a really young person. And I got to be in a lot of meetings with Barry Diller and Peter Chernin mm -hmm. and Rupert Murdoch. Mm -hmm. And it was a time when Brandon Tartikoff famously called the company a coat hanger network and said it would never <laughs> succeed. And He and, got mad when they moved the Simpsons yeah, to Thursday. Right. I remember, yeah. <laughs> but we really believed that we had we had something and we had a mission. And 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 it was informed by this notion of we will only do a show that nobody else would do. Mm -hmm. If any other network would do it, we wouldn't. And you know, how that came to Simpsons and In Living Color and, uh, you know, Married with Children and uh, 90210 and Melrose Place and Party of Five and X-Files. I mean, it's a, it's a murderous row. Yeah. yeah, it's a murderous row of great shows. And so that was really, that sort of entrepreneurial spirit has stuck with me throughout my career. And I think we have to constantly be thinking be leaning forward and leaning into new ideas and new thought, new talent, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that was one thing. Mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, working pretty I mean, formative experience yeah. too. Yeah, right place, right time, right? Yeah, and and the second thing was working for Steven Spielberg and and Jeffrey Katzenberg, and you know, David was you know to a less I had less contact with David, but and and just the two of them were absolutely obsessed with telling great stories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we can get, we can all get distracted by a big name, you know, a big A-list writer or a, a piece of talent. But at the end of the day, we're storytellers and we have to just tell great stories. And that has to be, that has to be the thing that is the first, uh, you know, the first thing we think about when we get up in the morning. And the last thing we think about when we go to sleep at night is, are we telling great stories? Why are we telling this story? Whose story is it? How is it meaningful? What does it matter? Why does it matter? You know, and are we doing the best job we can telling it? And, you know, Jeffrey, obviously, in animation and and working, you know, I got to work for him in the TV company. Amazing guy, you know. And so 
I really bring, have brought those, those two just sort of, I don't call them experiences or just, you know, environments have informed everything I've done, you know, for the rest of my career. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. We love to hear from listeners. Please go to Variety.com and subscribe to the free Strictly Business newsletter. And don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.